Welcome to Complete Kids Online, friendly discussions about autism and other developmental disabilities. Learn how working together is working better. One conversation at a time. Hello, welcome to Complete Kids Online. I'm Gina. I'm Bob. And we're joined by Courtney. Courtney is one of our board certified behavior analysts in our Concord office. Um, hey, Courtney. Hey. Um, so we'll, let's start off with kind of what got you into ABA. Um, well, um, I was debating on the direction for my career to go when I was in my undergrad. Um, I was working on uh, a bachelor's in human services and I was aiming to go into more of like a social work type of role. I was working in a mental health facility and um, after a while I realized it wasn't really for me. So I saw a job posting for a behavior technician. I had no idea what ABA was at all, but I was like, you know, I like kids. So, you know, let's give it a shot. And, you know, my first week there, just seeing the progress the kids made, I completely switched what I wanted to do. And then, you know, went and got my master's in ABA. So you, you're, you're one of the few that you actually started as an RBT, BT slash RBT, and then became a BCBA? Yeah, that's right. Um, and that's something I honestly recommend to any um, anyone who's looking to go into uh, the BCBA role. Um, you get that hands-on experience. And it's also, I think, important for uh, a BCBA to, to know what it's like to, you know, to be a BT or an RBT. What does your typical day look like as a BCBA over in Concord? Uh, well, it changes. <laughs> um, I, I find that I have a plan for the day and then 90% of the time it switches. Uh, but most of my time is spent uh, supervising the learners I have on my caseload. Um, so that's looking at their, their data, making sure staff are doing things the way I want them to, updating programs, things like that. Um, I also do one-on-one -on -one parent meetings. And during that time, we work on um, like knowledge of ABA, how to apply it, uh, how to run programs at home, things like that. I also do um, intakes about once or twice a week um, to start getting our, our clinic filled up. Um, and then, you know, just various admin things I have to do. <laughs> um, what would you say are some common questions that you get from parents during those training sessions that they're struggling with at home? Um, I, most of the questions I would say is, um, like, like how, how do I handle, you know, this behavior? Um, so we, we spend a lot of time identifying the functions of behavior. So why they're doing the things that they're doing. Um, and then also just how to, uh, change things so that they can either prevent a behavior from happening or respond to it in a way that's not go going to reinforce it or, um, make it happen more often. Can you tell Courtney, um, you know, when the parents are doing homework, um, you know, outside the clinic, can you, is that, is that evident to you guys where you go, yeah, I could tell that parents working after hours with that child? Oh yeah. Um, 
I, I can tell when I um, see the kids in the clinic and, you know, if it's a skill that we've been working on for a while and then all of a sudden I see a lot of improvement, uh, that tells me, you know, parents have been working on it at home. Got it. And what are some examples of kind of things like that, that's something that you can teach them in the clinic and then have them apply it at home? Um, so uh, a recent training I did was actually just showing how we were running programs. So even things that, you know, we needed cards or other stimuli for. Um, I had one of my um, my uh, BCBA students uh, run it and model it for the parents to run it at home. Um, and I've also um, like recorded videos to send to the, to the parents. And so they basically kind of became their child's behavior technician at home um, with practicing and, and running things. Um, we had a parent submitted question, um, speaking of parent training and things that they can do at home. Um, one of our parents has a question about throwing fits out in public. Um, what can I do to get him off the floor? Um, well, it's, it's going to kind of depend. Um, I would say first thing is to identify the function. Um, so there's four functions of behavior. One is um, attention. So they're engaging in that behavior to get attention from some from someone. Um, and this doesn't necessarily mean positive attention. It can also mean things like reprimands or something you would associate with a, like a negative attention. Um, there's also access. So access to people, items, activities, things like that. Um, escape to get out of or delay something. And then the last one is automatic, um, aka sensory. So they're engaging in a behavior just because it feels good in some way. It's not really like a reason besides that. Um, so throwing fits in public, I would say, are more likely going to be probably um, either access or attention or escape, just because of the setting. Um, so my first thing I'd recommend is figure out what you can do to prevent it. Um, you know, like say you're going shopping, um, if they're throwing fits when they see the, the toy aisle, um, avoiding that area, um, bringing um, items into the store that they can play with and you know keep themselves occupied. Um, iPad is a, a great babysitter when you, when you need that that time to get something done. Um, my younger sister actually has autism, and what my mom did was <laughs> she'd buy a can of Pringles, and so she would just eat the Pringles throughout the whole store, um, and that's what what kept her in the cart calm. And you know, my mom was able to go grocery shopping. Um, and so, you know, if something like that doesn't necessarily um, like work for you or work for that setting. Um, I would also focus on some kind of a functional communication. So, um, say they're throwing a fit because they want something, but it is something that they can have. Maybe it's just a, a sucker or something. Um, having them stand up, ask in however method they communicate, whether that's with a um, AAC device, PECs, or with vocals, having them just ask for it. So that way you're reinforcing that more functional response versus a tantrum. Um, if it's escape, kind of the same thing. If they just need a break from that, that setting, having them ask, you know, I need a break, I want to stop, um, and then um, honoring that as well. So suppose it's suppose, suppose it's it's too late. I've either done those things or it didn't work, or I forgot. 
Um, and we now have a child on the floor th throwing a tantrum. Um, honestly, wait it out. Sometimes you just have to. Um, mm -hmm. We use it a lot in the clinic where, you know, if they are just at that level 10 escalation and, you know, when you're at that level, you're not really hearing anything. Um, you can't necessarily respond. And sometimes it's just you're just going to have to stand there and just wait it out. Um, yeah. Now you mentioned PECS a little bit. Can you tell um, some listeners that may not know um, what PECS is and how powerful it can be, um, how that can help kids communicate? Yeah. Um, so PECS is a picture exchange system. So um, there's different levels um, that you go through with teaching. You start off just teaching them to pick up a little icon and hand it to somebody to get something. And then it increases into having um, pictures, being able to discriminate, flip through the book, find what they want. Um, I love PECS as um, kind of a segue into communicating if we're not really getting anything, any kind of vocals, um, or if uh, sign language might not be the best uh, method to communicate either. Um, I find that it really opens up their world. Um, and it's it's exciting to kind of to see what they can come up with. Um, like I've had kids just spontaneously start putting together, you know, sentences using their their PECS, which is awesome. Um, and I find that with using PECS, um, in my experience, the kids will either start vocalizing and talking or we transition to um, an AAC device, which is like a tablet um, that has a program where you can just push buttons um, and then it says what that item is that you pushed. So that when you were talking about the, the PECS, they'll start formulating sentences. You're saying that they'll individually point out or vocalize pictures that completes a sentence i could just explain that yeah, story, yeah. I'm, I'm a little lost to be honest okay <laughs> um so um one of the phases of pecs is you're just doing one card so the card may say open or um you know doll or something like that um what i've seen kids start to do is um when we're not even focusing on multiple icons going into um, their book and saying like open chips or i want open chips um and so that that spontaneous uh creation of a sentence like that's exactly what we, we want to see Got yeah it. and do you see kids kind of taking that to the next level using verbalizations because of using text mm -hmm. yes um that just getting the um i guess the understanding of a conversation the back and forth exchange which is what um a big part of pex definitely does help um i know in concord we recently had a learner start to spontaneously vocalize things like hi and bye um and they're a little bit older so uh we were all really surprised it was it was a, a big party that day <laughs> uh, yeah that's awesome. I know a lot of parents are a little hesitant to start alternative forms of communication for fear that they won't speak. Um, so it's great to hear that, you know, it's kind of a good jumping off point it's, for it's actually the opposite. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. I mean, the um, the research does support that um, using an alternative form of communication does help with vocals. You know, if if this is a, a child that will eventually speak, um, some kids don't and that's OK. Um, but just getting some kind of communication mode situated 
um, it opens up their world so much. They're able to tell you what they want. And it, I find that it also helps reduce those tantrums and other um, non-desirable behaviors because they have a way to get to you know get what they want now. And if a child is nonverbal and the parents were interested in starting, you know, the process of using packs or a device, how would they go about doing that? Um, so I, I recommend um, also collaborating with a speech therapist for um, some like for communication goals. Um, the nice thing about complete kids is that we are multidisciplinary. So, you know, I can always just go literally the door next to my office and, you know, grab um, our speech therapist if I have a question or want to collaborate. Um, so definitely doing that. Um, talk to their BCBA um, about starting um, PECs or using a device. Um, I know there's a way to get loaner uh, devices if you want to test it out. Um, that's probably more of a speech therapist question. Um, yeah, so I would say just uh, com communicate that to um, your BCBA and speech therapist. Um, what advice would you have for an RBT that's looking to maybe become a BCBA? Um, that's a good question. Um, I would say get experience in the field, get experience with as many different kids as, as you can. Um, working in a clinic is a great way to get that experience. Um, I know I've done some in-home therapy and um, it was, I only had, you know, a few kids that, that I worked with during that time, but I'd recommend working with all kinds of kids, um, you know, work with the, the kids who might have some higher intensity behaviors or even um, behaviors that you're like, Ooh, I'm not sure if I'm quite ready to handle it. Cause I mean, that's how you get ready is just by doing it. We have, we have to ask her her superpower, Gina. Oh, yes, her superpower. <laughs> so if you had any, as you know, that's a theme throughout Complete Kids. If you had any superpower uh -huh. in the world, what one would you pick and why? Um, I think being able to be in multiple places at the same time. Um, I think it would make my job easier. <laughs> <laughs> so we can, clone, we can clone Courtney. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cloney. Cloney. All righty. If anyone listening has any questions that you'd like answered um, by one of our BCBAs or speech, occupational, or physical therapists, just reach out. Um, and thank you so much, Courtney, for being our guest today. Th thank you yeah, for taking the time out, Courtney. We really, really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Bye. Bye Bye now. Bye. To continue the conversation, visit the links to our website, Facebook page, Instagram, and the comments.